Do you want to tell everyone why you are chuckling like a weirdo? <laughs> uh, but we have to introduce ourselves first. Okay. Well, welcome to, to Dad Venturous. Uh, you have me, the dad, part of Dad Venturous, the mm-hmm. first part of it. And uh, I'm the dungeon master for this campaign into elsewhere. And I am joined by this thing across from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, uh, the daughter. Um, I'm the player for this campaign into elsewhere, the non-existent third half of Dead Ventures. And um, Did you say third half? <laughs> yeah, because there's no, there's no. It's Dad Ventress, but then there's no daughter. So that's why I said non-existent wow. third half. Did you know? Do you want to know something? I'll let a little bit of everybody know. Did you know that the dad part of Dad Ventress? It's not supposed to be dad. I know. It's dad and daughter. Venturous. D-A-D. Dad and daughter. Dungeons and dragons. Okay. I'm the daughter, the player of this campaign in Delaware, and I'm wearing ski goggles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, you are. And only- It's to demonstrate the terribly cold weather that we're having. Yeah, inside of our very warm sound booth. (laughs) I meant outside. (laughs) So I am staring at the daughter wearing giant bright orange lensed ski goggles as we record. And it's wonderful. All right. <laughs> Are you ready to jump back in to this episode? Some things have happened kind of off screen, off podcast, because Kia has leveled up Wada. to level four, making your way down through retail ruins into a past a flashback episode. A past world. A past world. Ooh, hey, look at that. <laughs> uh, you fell unconscious and uh, and made your way through as Kia the cat, through your old stomping grounds, the warehouse there of... I don't think kittens can stomp that well. <laughs> I just can't take you seriously with those ski goggles. <laughs> okay, fine. Ah, uh, there, there you are. <laughs> I can see your eyes now. Uh, and you were attacked by Surge Scarabs before this happened. They bit you. They scratched you. They made you go unconscious. And when you woke up, you were aboard an airship. You were aboard a ship captained by one of Maud's friends slash co-workers, Beryl Grom, the half-orc. Pirate. pirate. Ex-pirate. Pirate apothecary. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Airship driver dragon fighter. Yeah, because as you guys were sailing through, she let you in on a little secret about airships and why they're not used that much. Number one, the technology is really hard to recreate because it's a hodgepodging of all sorts of past world tech. And number two, the dragons don't appreciate it. (laughs) So what happened? I got attacked by a purple dragon with purple flame breath, and it was purple. It was purple and it was (laughs) deadly. You it guys. tried to slash at our air balloon. Mm-hmm. I had to patch it. Then I did a cool shot of my arrow going through right to its scales. Yep, and it flew away angrily as you plummeted on purpose down, 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 down to the tree line. Beryl did a cool maneuver, and she got you guys down towards the tree line as it flew off from your hit. And by the time it tried to find you again, you guys were low enough that it missed you. Ta-da! She coasted you in to Briarport, this coast city on the ocean. You guys got led through town to her laboratory slash house. It's very much a one-woman operation. She didn't really have guest beds. There was a place for you to rest a little bit and uh, get your health back and for Flibbit to rest as well. But for the most part, you were just enjoying your first views of the ocean and she told you a little bit about town but um but not much and you basically were i knew the uh hawks speak yep yep and she basically gave you guys food and a place to rest 
And, and flapjacks. And flapjacks on the next morning, right? Mm-hmm. So now we find ourselves in Beryl's laboratory slash home. Again, these big, big kind of patio overlooking the ocean and the waves coming in. I think as you're looking out, finishing breakfast over the sea, there's probably a ship sailing in from the ocean to mm. port. Briarport has a dock and some some ships already at the dock, and there's one sailing in right now. Uh, is what are what is the ship made of? Is are these just like Make classic wooden? Checks. Nine. So it's not that you can't tell. It's just it's pretty far away sailing in. You get the vibe. It's probably wood. It's probably metal. It's hodgepodge. repurposed hodgepodge stuff, like many things are in elsewhere. What about some of the like the Ships on the dock. Ships on the dock. Uh, are you looking for anything specific or just what they're made of? Just what they're made of. You can make an investigation check, I guess, too, instead of perception, because you are actively trying to find out a little bit more about construction. Fifteen. Fifteen? Almost all of them have a wood construction, you know, standard shipbuilding, trees pulled down, that kind of thing. I bet. I think one of them, though, is a dark metal, and uh, it's catching a glint in the sun. That dark metal. Yeah, yeah, like um, like a burnished bronze. Oh. You know that like almost red brown bronze. Yeah. Dark, dark, in color. Not completely made of that, but like plated in that. Like, like the deck is probably still wood. But yes, okay. exactly. And uh, and furled sails, but the sails look dark in color too. Hmm. I, uh, is Beryl in the room? I think she's probably doing dishes, yeah. She's finishing up, clean up from breakfast. And Flibbit uh, is probably in there helping her. The image of a half-orc with a pirate hat doing dishes just is like... Hey, sometimes you gotta buck up and do the dirty jobs nobody else wants to do. Wow. Thank you. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I go uh, over and over and say... Um, to barrel and say, and probably like start helping with the dishes, firmly avoiding the water. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I think I start saying, um, so do you, is the dock often used? The dock down there in Briarport? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we got lots of trade ships coming in. We got uh, uh, various uh, merchants, and uh, yeah, it's used. Mostly the sailing happens on the west side of the continent, but um, yeah, there's some stuff here too. Do you sometimes get like other than merchant ships or is it mostly just trading? In Briarport, it's it's mostly just trading, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, we the- trade with all over. We trade with uh, even Athlon. Really? Our, yeah, most of the time we're dealing with, with carts going across, but some of the some of the ships will make the circuit all the way around. Hmm. They'll go up to Scarlet Hill and some of the other places as well. Uh, th- I just I was just asking because I noticed there was a ship out there that was kind of different than the other ones. Uh, what are we talking about? And she follows you outside. Dark, uh, that one over there, and I point to it. And so she looks down and she sees the dark metal. Make an insight check. Four. Four? Um, yeah, you don't, she doesn't look like... It makes her feel any way, shape, or form. She goes, oh, oh, yeah. Well, that's a ship you probably don't want to go near or do anything with. Why? Are they like... She flips a towel over her shoulder. She's wearing like this leather apron again, half-work, green skin, little tusks, right? I think her captain's hat was on her belt, like on a little belt loop, and she picks (laughs) it up, puts it on her head, and she throws the towel over her shoulder and starts walking back, and she goes... Not unless you want to mess with bloodhounds. And she goes back to doing dishes, kind of, you know, with a hint of frustration in her voice. I think I uh, I uh, go in and trot after her and say, they're, like, official? Like, they have ships of their own? Oh, yeah, I thought yeah. they were, like, small. Uh, no. And she, she kind of looks back at you and she goes, oh, no. Uh, years ago, yeah, they were small and uh, pretty unknown. And coming in just kind of as like a rummager, you know, group. And, uh, oh, I don't know, about 10 years ago, uh, Czar Bloodhoof came in. 
And uh, now he's basically mayor of Scarlet Hill. And they basically run that town these days. Wait, he's... The Bloodhounds existed before? Uh, no, sorry. I just mean that they were kind of small and everything. And uh, and when, when Tsar Bloodhoof took over or created it, I don't know. I just know that they started growing quickly. And now they basically run Scarlet Hill. They, so they, Rummagers run Scarlet Hill, not like a. Not anymore. Huh. And I gotta say, it's profitable. That's probably the biggest city here, on the continent, and uh, not a bad place to be if you're a bloodhound. But these days, the bloodhounds and the Rummagers don't really get along. Oh. Uh. And you've heard of that a little bit. Yeah. Before, right. Yeah. Um, why would the, do you know why they would be here? In Briarport? Yeah. Same reason they go anywhere. Scrounge up other people's past world tech. They steal? Eh. Other people's? We'll say they intimidate. They get what they want. Hmm. Oh. I think her, uh, years, as part of her, uh, Rummager nature here is just go back at the idea of anybody like selling password tech is fine. That's yeah. like her entire business, but stealing password to- tech slash taking it, she is just like, no. Yeah. No. And I think that's kind of the vibe you get off of Barrel and that you've gotten off of other rummagers that it goes almost like against some sort of rummager code, right? Yeah. You got to go find that stuff and earn it or sell it, you know. Yeah, earn it or buy it. To do it it the other way is is not appreciated. Uh, I ask, have you ever gotten anything taken? (laughs) No, they know better. They don't come up here. And uh, I think she probably like kicks a little panel open next to the next to where she's in the like the basin of water that she's yeah. doing the dishes in. And there's a behind a cabinet like a flintlock pistol and a sword taped to the inside of the cabinet. <laughs> you know, she she might not be a pirate exactly anymore or whatever, but she's ready to go. I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, they know better. Ah, I see. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. Um, and I slowly back away from the cupboard. <laughs> uh, um, so do you, do you still not know anything about Maud? Didn't get anything over the night? No, no, I was waiting for the morning. Um, Maud and I have been friends since we were kids. Uh, we ran for... A long time together, me and me and her and Harwick, and um, I got some contacts in town that might know a little bit more. Uh, like I said, I wasn't, I was up north. I haven't been to Briarport in a couple days, but this is my home. I just was out doing other stuff, and uh, I'll reach out and figure out if anyone knew something. If she was coming to Retail Ruins, there's a chance she might have come to Briarport first, or there's a chance that uh, that it was known that she was here. Okay. Well, I figure we'll uh, we'll break together. We'll both go do what we can. You can go check out the town a little bit. Maybe you'll hear something too. I don't know, but uh, we'll meet tonight at the Hawkbeak Inn. Okay. Because uh, and for you, you basically slept on like a pallet on the floor last night. Yeah. And Flibbit slept in the bed. It wasn't super comfortable, so like going yeah. to the inn might be a better call. Yeah. I say, uh, sounds good. I'll go around and check out some, check out the town. Okay. Uh, if I were you, I'd avoid the wharf or the and the docks. But hey, you're you got a license. You're your own rummager. I'll let you decide. But if the bloodhounds are down there, that means they're in town too. So okay. Just maybe keep the fact that you're a rummager a secret. A secret for now. I take off the pen. Okay. And put it like in my pocket. Nice. And scar- wait, does this does Gunther's vestlet have like an inner pocket or something? Yeah, yeah. It's I'm gonna pocket. put it in the. Yeah, inner yeah. Pocket. We'll say like you still can wear it. Yeah. It's just on the. It's just not visible. Yeah. 
Um, okay, do you have any questions for her? I think at about that time, Flibbit finishes like the 17th flapjack he's eaten this morning. <laughs> Finally brings his dish in. He's like, oh, thank you. I appreciated every bit of the beautiful breakfast you have cooked for me. And he bows his head. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at you like, this guy's weird. <laughs> I I just uh I just uh is has Flibbit like is Flibbit helping her with the dish? He's taking the dish to the sink basically. I uh I whispered a barrel before he get, before he gets there. Um Yeah, he uh he says flapjacks are uh baked emotions. Um I don't think so, but he mm. says they're like that. So uh he gets very excited whenever he has them. All right. Well, can't say I mind somebody enjoying my flapjacks. Neither can I. And I walk out the door. I, I'll leave Flibbit to his flapjacking. Okay. <laughs> are you trying to? Are you going off by yourself today? Yeah. Flibbit. I, I think I told Flibbit. Uh, I'll be around town. Like if he wants to come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He'll. That's okay. That sounds. I'm good. assuming Briarport isn't that big. It's it's bigger than Map's Edge. Yeah. But yeah, you're kind of up on a hill. I would say it's probably a 10 minute walk to downtown Briarport. Yeah. You kind of walk, you would have to walk down a trail. You can see the docks and everything from a distance, but you were up on this kind of like hill, university hill type thing. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Flibbit coming into town on his own would just be like whether or not he could find you. Oh. But he also could just stay with Beryl if you want to do stuff on your own today. I I think I I think I'd just say I'll I'll be around town. I'll I'll try to stick to the main street. Okay. Uh if you if you want to find me. Okay. And I walk out the door. Okay. And Flibbit goes, "Okay, well, be safe out there and uh, watch out for any bugs." Uh. Sure. (laughs) And then he goes into a deep discussion about the metaphysical, emotional impact of flapjacks with Beryl. Wow. Um, I must want to give him some like pen and paper to see if he wants to write this speech down. I mean, she's got, she's probably got a lot of stuff too. Okay. I just, I just pat him on the, pat him on the head and say, uh, have fun. Okay. And <laughs> you wander out the door and start heading down towards town. The beautiful ocean air. Uh, you got that kind of warmer vibe going on. The, every time the breeze comes across the ocean, I think it's a little chilly. Yeah. But only when it's breezy. Otherwise, you're feeling good. The air is nice and uh, and clean, fresh, you know, salty air. There's birds flying overhead, white birds flying overhead. And... You walk down this kind of rocky, rooty path, the same one you came up last night, but it's daylight now. Yeah. Into town. I think as you start getting into town, it starts getting a little bit noisier. You're used to Maps Edge being pretty quiet for the most part. 100 people is like how many people live in the town? Yeah. There's probably, I would guess, around 1,000 people living in Briarport. So... So it's quite a bit more. It's quite a bit more. It's not city level, but it's still quite a bit more. Yeah. You start passing by some houses and you start passing by some fishing racks, you know, people drying fish out in the sun. How far away is the docks? And you kind of got to go through to the main strip and then you go left of the docks and right to town kind of thing. Uh, okay. So how far away? Uh, so, uh, and I'll probably, um, like, take uh, maybe slow my pace down a little bit. Like, take your time. Take a leisurely walk. Yeah. Okay. We'll say you slow your pace down a little bit. Um, we'll say that uh, admire the birds. Yeah, and and <laughs> and I think what happens too a little bit is as you come into town more, you start passing by buildings. You know, there's there's probably a a horse workshop. You know, uh, not like, quite a blacksmith, but they sell saddles and they sell stuff like that. Mm. There's probably like a, a potter. Or There's probably fishing gear. You know, kind of shops that that exist, but they're not exactly something that you would normally um, check out. Yeah, I think I just like take my time, like uh, like looking at the shops, okay. but kind of kind of fakely. Yeah, but still like looking at them. I will say as you come further into town, there's some signs now, right? You get up to this main strip in town, and it's almost like a cross street. Yeah. This path you were on slowly turned into a road. 
a dirt road, you know, and now it's cobblestones. Yeah. And so you come up to this cobblestone crossroads and there's a sign and it says, you know, to the east or whatever, to your left, you got the docks. To your right, you have the rest of town. As you look down the length of the rest of town, you see some bigger shops um, to go check out. You also see a very beautiful fenced off nature preserve type park (laughs) area, like a city park. Oh. Sorry, like a city park. And it's kind of at the end of the road the other direction. Okay. And I will say, if you make a perception check. 12? 12. It's hard to tell from here, but you can see that there's kids down in the park. And they're having fun. They're laughing. They're playing on something that you can't see from here. Some sort of structure. Okay. The docks are to your left. Mm. It's probably been an hour. So if Beryl was moving on to other things, she may have moved on to other things. Okay. I think I... uh I'm leisurely pacing, right? I yeah. glance behind me. Uh, anybody there? You looking for someone's following you or watching you? Uh, following me, watching me barrel. Yeah, make flip a perception it. check. Finally, a good roll. 19. 19, you look around. Uh, you feel pretty confident that you got ahead of them. You've been moving forward. Even if they were going to come into town, they're not there yet. No yeah. one's paying attention to you. You probably see, as you look back and kind of worry about them, you probably also notice that there's a lot of people starting to move around uh, in the morning. And there's people of all shapes and sizes. Okay. Uh, You got turtles. You got crazy, um, the loxodons and the leonins and the lion people and hippo people. And you also have a bunch of humans and dwarves and elves. So in a way, you kind of blend in just by existing. Okay. So no one's following you that you can see. Okay. I think I, um, I've i been walking at a leisurely pace. I take a sharp left. Take a sharp left down, down the towards the, the dockside wharf. And pick up my pace a little bit. Okay. So you start to jog a little bit down there. As you approach, uh, it's a marina, right? You yeah. go through this big archway, and there's a big wooden pier that's the beginning of it. As you get to the wooden pier, you look, and you can see areas where long ramp walkways go down over the top of the ocean out to these ships. We'll say there's five ships, including the one that just is now docking. Okay. This one, beautiful wood, blue sails, full of an interesting crew, and there's just crates and crates and crates on deck. And as they tie up and you're sitting there watching them, they start offloading the crates. Looks like a supply ship of some kind. Okay. Uh, To your right is the three three of those ships and one of them the one right in the middle is that dark metal one okay i think i uh i think i uh go um to like the edge of the pier because mm-hmm. it's it's pre- is it like railed or is it just yeah it's railed oh, okay i think i uh lean lean over the edge like stare at the water a little bit maybe a little bit of disgust going in the back of my mind um and but I keep in uh, I continuously glance up at the. Okay, so you move over towards kind of where that ship is a little bit. Yeah, but I don't want to like be, look like I'm about to get on it. I just want to look like I'm like. Okay, so why don't you make me a investigation check? And I will allow you to choose stealth or deception. That is, investigation is 11. Okay. Uh, stealth is also 11. 11. Okay. You're trying to be not noticeable in a town where no one would notice you anyway. Yeah. Or they would notice you if you were doing something. But with an 11, that's high enough that I will say maybe some people glance your way, but nobody thinks anything of it. So we'll say people know you're there. Yeah. But there's not like a... Who's this person? Why are they looking my way? Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't necessarily trying to be like invisible. I was just I was looking, trying to be like trying to blend in. Yeah, I think that's a low enough DC right now. With in terms of the investigation, though, the only thing that you really see is that the ship is dark bronze, right? It's got that dark metal. They have a plank down to the dock right now, and there are some figures down there on the dock, um, moving crates around, mostly putting them on the ship from the dock. 
So they're loading stuff on, and there is a short, stocky, green-skinned, pointy-eared guy wearing essentially, you know, a pirate outfit, big yeah. overcoat, hat, barking orders to all these people. And you can see now that you're a little bit closer, they are flying a flag that you have seen before. Okay. This bloodhound flag with the dog on it. Yeah. I think I uh, probably shift my position. Uh, are there any like animals in the water that I have a reason to be looking over the f- over the? You're not really yet? near the water enough to see animals. Looking down, you're basically looking down at dock structure. You're looking down at pilings and. Is there like an enemy seaweed on there that I could be watching? It, sure, if you want. You're just trying to get closer. Yeah, I wanna. I'm like. Yeah. I'm like trying to move over, like maybe, like trying to look like I'm, like trying to get a better view at some of the like the anemones on there or okay. something. But I will say that you're gonna have to get a lot closer if you're trying to hear or see or. What are you trying to do? Because you can casually get there, but your role is going to kind of stay the same. If you want to get a better investigation, you're going to need to get closer. Okay. So what are you trying to do? I'm going to try to get a little bit closer and like not too close as it like looks like I'm right at the ship, but... Yeah, okay. So go ahead. Let's start with, do you want to do stealth or deception? Stealth. Okay. That's much better. Stealth. Nine. Nine. Okay. You go over My and you're kind good. of looking at the dock and you're looking at the animals. There's a pretty white with blue striped anemone in the ocean there. And you're kind of casually looking around and you're just sort of in a way you trying to be not noticeable by looking at animals and stuff. I think you probably start looking around at about this time. And realizing that no one else is doing that. No one else is standing there looking at the interesting creatures in the water. (laughs) Everyone's moving. Everyone's got a job. Everyone's got a purpose. I mean, they probably live here, though. Exactly. And so in your attempt to blend in, you kind of stand out. And at that moment where you kind of start realizing, wait, maybe I went about this wrong, you hear a little voice go, hey, hey, you're in my way. Uh, I flip around and like, uh, uh, oh, oh, uh, sorry. Uh, and there, as you flip around and look, that short, stocky little goblin guy came over. And you realize that you, you drifted a little too far, and you are kind of in the path of where they're starting to pick up these boxes and take them towards their ship. I say, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, I was just, um, I was just, I was just looking at the, at that, at some of these animals. I don't live here, so it's, it's. I, sorry, I was, I was just... Hey, hey, stop saying sorry. I don't care. I just want you to get out of my way. Uh, 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 never mind. Uh, never mind. He, he just grabs you. I think he probably grabs your arm a little bit. I'm trying to not say sorry. I know, I know. <laughs> I think you're also getting the vibe that he's he's just a frustrated person. He, I think he grabs your arm a little bit or your shoulder a little bit and just shifts you sideways. He is shorter than you. Yeah. And he, but he looks mean. He's got this angular face. He's got scars on his face too. Green, deep green skin, orange eyes. And uh, he looks up at you and he goes, I don't care. I need you to stand out of my way. This is bloodhound business. I say, actually, I won't say sorry and uh, go. Good. And uh, right at about that time, a guy walks a guy walks by, maybe um, an orc, and uh, this little goblin turns to him, and the orc goes, Oh, Scrick, we're about 50% done. So the rest of the crates are going to be coming in later today. And Scrick, the goblin, goes, Looks to me like you're about 30% done with the way you're slacking. And he starts getting this, yelling at this guy and having him uh, load more crates onto the ship. I, uh, I, I, uh, scooch over uh, about, uh, about like five feet or like 10 feet ish. Okay. And I'm like, I'm assuming I'm out of the way now. You are out of the way now. Okay. Yes. I, uh, I think she sighs a little bit and like thinks to herself, why would someone not want me to say sorry? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he 
goes about his business. I think he probably, if you're kind of staying there, he probably does glance over at you on occasion to make sure you're out of the way still. No. Um, if you're going to stay there. Yeah, I think I'd probably like uh, close my eyes and take a big breath of the salty sea air um, and eye the birds. Okay. And Make a perception check for me real quick. 18. Okay. You notice a couple things as you're kind of casually looking around, staying out of the way. First of all, you notice something that you recently heard about from Gunther, I believe. And you're starting to put together, you know, you have that map that Callie gave you. You have information about elsewhere. And you look out and see across the ocean. And there's an island not too terribly far to the east of Briarport. Far enough that it's it's hard to see. It's just a distant mountain on an island. But at the top of the small little mountain is a tower. And Gunther told you about this recently called Far Flung Tower. And it's way off to the east and no one really knows much about it because people who try to sail there get lost. Oh, so it's like... It's like it's a, a Bermuda Triangle type situation. But they can see it. Yep, you can see it. You know it's there. And it's not, you know... Like they get like something turns them around? Yep, it's not like they get lost at sea, but it's just hard to sail to it for some reason. Hmm. And so no one has a lot of information that you know of or that anyone you know know of about the tower. But you can see that. The other thing you see as you're looking out that way is you're kind of looking between the bronze ship and the ship next to it. Mm-hmm. They're pretty close together. They're docked basically right next to each other on separate slips. Yeah. And you notice that as you're looking at it and your perception, and I'm just giving you options and letting you decide what you want to do with it, that you could probably make that jump, but that's if you want to. Hmm. Or if you want to go into town and do your own thing. I'm just giving you options. Those ships, they're probably only about 10 feet apart. So I think you notice that looking out that way. I'm a cat. You are a cat. But you also have been failing on all your stealth rolls. <laughs> so it's up to you what you're thinking. I will say you stand here for a minute. They finished loading the crates. Skrick and the orc. I'll say the orc goes onto the ship. Skrick probably goes, walks past you on the dock and heads towards like a dock master to talk about stuff. So he's facing away from me? Yeah, he's starting to walk away from you. Does Flibbit or Barrel show any sign of... You cannot see any of either of them at all. Like, not even, like, they're not coming... You don't, you couldn't tell. Okay. I, uh, glance around a little bit, like, try to be as, and I think I, uh, push off of the rail, stretch a little bit, and start walking down towards that other, uh, ship. Okay. You start walking down towards the other ship that's next to it. Uh, mm-hmm. You come along the side, and you see no one around immediately on the ship. The ship itself is smaller. It looks to not really be a cargo ship. Maybe it's a messenger ship. Maybe it's a pleasure cruise ship. You don't know. <laughs> it's smaller, but... A cruise ship, but it's small. Hmm. Yeah, smaller than the, than the Bloodhound ship. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like anyone's on board. It, the ship is quiet. I, uh... But there's also no plank down. Oh. So you'd have to, like, clamber up. Is it anchored? Yeah, it's tied to the dock. Hmm. <sighs> I think she, uh, uh, like, sighs a little bit and is like, I hate water. And, uh, how crowded is this dock? And is there any, uh, possible back ropes slash anchors so, that yeah, I can... So, yeah, just like a normal dock, there's a dock that runs the length of the ship. Going down the length of that dock towards the stern of the ship would get you out of the sight of a lot of people on the main walkway. Okay. And so there would definitely be a stern line running up to the stern of the ship. Hmm. But there's no plank down. No plank. <sighs> Infiltration. <laughs> uh, Love it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, uh, I think I'm going to um, 
casually walk down the dock to the stern line. Um, or is there anybody? Is this like a side dock that this thing? Yeah, is yeah. So it's like the on? main dock is what you were walking on, mm-hmm. and they're loading stuff. And then each ship has a smaller finger dock that they're tied to. Okay. They um, are perpendicular to the main dock, the ships. Okay. I'm going to. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, is how many people are there on this finger dock? No, there's none on the finger oh. dock. They're only on the main part. Oh, um, then I'm going to, so there's a stern line here that, is there like a stern line kind of on the other side of the ship? Like. So the ship is tied to the dock with four lines, mm-hmm. a bow, a stern, and two in the middle. Yeah. The line goes from high on the ship, like deck level, down to the dock. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, I mean like on the, on the finger dock that if I climbed up, it would the ship hide me from sight from the main dock. If you were on board the ship, you'd be hidden from do- from sight. Okay. But you're going to have to get on board to be completely hidden. Okay. So, mm. make a stealth check in this moment. I will tell you, the DC currently is not very high because no one's on this dock. Okay. And no one's on the ship because of things I rolled. 19. 19. You stealthily and nimbly dash your way up the stern line and get to the transom the back of this ship you flip over the rail your heart's beating a seagull probably cause very close to your face and you freak out a little bit but you are on like a back section of this ship as your feet hit the deck you do feel and hear someone on board this ship but are there any windows they're below deck and you're up there okay this is not the bloodhound ship right this is the ship next to it so it's up to you if you care but you do notice that you feel underneath your feet, and you can hear faintly somebody somebody working down below. Okay. Uh, are there any windows? There are none on the ship you're on, but there are on the Bloodhound ship, but there are small mm. little porthole windows. Okay. Are there any above the level that I'm at that could possibly allow somebody inside to look down? No, see? you're basically at deck level, roughly, between the two ships. Okay. This one's just a little smaller. So you would be jumping over to the deck of the other ship. As you've gotten up to this vantage point, you look over towards the Bloodhound ship. You see two guys wearing Bloodhound outfits. One is that orc that... Bloodhound uh, outfits? Mm Mm-hmm. What are those? So they are mostly deep reds and browns, you know, dark leather and and reds. And they they all have sort of a, um, almost like a tabard. You know what I mean? Like a jersey. Oh, yeah. With the Bloodhound logo on it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I think I'll uh, go over and, are they, they're not tied together, I'm assuming. They're just docked dark next to each other. Does yep. it look like there's anybody on the deck of the Bloodhound ship? The two guys I mentioned, they're up forward organizing crates. Okay. Um, are they, like, if I were to, would it be possible to jump from this deck of the ship to get behind them? Yeah, yeah. So because like they, you're at the stern, both sterns of the vessels are lined up. Oh. You'd be a good 50 feet from them if you jumped over. And they wouldn't, they're not facing my direction? Not right now. <laughs> and you rolled well on your stealth for now. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, take a running leap. I want to try to grab onto the bloodhound rail so that it'd be kind of below... Okay, deck level. so you're trying to jump and then be stealthy. Yeah. Okay, so you are going to need to make a stealth check, but you get up on your little cat paws, you make your little cat dash, and you leap, trying to grab onto the rail. So you're still kind of ha- dangling. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, go ahead and make your stealth check. A seven. A seven. Okay. You In all your setup, in all your intensity of making sure you infiltrated this correctly, you make the leap, you grab the rail, The rail made of metal, not exactly what you were expecting, your hand slips. And you don't fall, but your hand slips enough that when you go over there, you catch with one arm, your body hits the side of the ship, and you kind of flump a little bit to the side, and unfortunately, you make a noise. I'm going to say you make an oomph noise or something. Yeah. Not a clang, though. Yep. Hmm. And after a moment of you dangling there and getting your footing, getting your hands back up, 
you hear voices up above. And one of the voices goes, I'm going to go check that out. Scrick's going to be mad if something happens. And you hear that voice of the orc that you heard earlier plodding his way from the front towards the back of the ship. Now, where you are, you are above the deck. Or sorry, you are, yeah, you're hanging onto the deck level. Mm -hmm. Above you, a mast with a sail attached. A little leap vertically could get you there. Below you, water, ocean. Wet. (laughs) Whether or not you want to try to clamber down on either side of the vessel is up to you. The side you're on, you look down, there's not much going on. There's some windows and the main deck. You can't see the other side. You would have to circle around the ship. Could I circle around the back? Yep. Okay. So, so you start- like if I, so like if I like crab walked my way around, and the the guy is looking at the back of the ship, I would, if I rode high enough, I would be on the side of the ship, right? Potentially. Okay. So I let's try that. M- make another stealth check. 19. So I think you start clambering around the side, clamber, clamber, clamber. And right as you like clear the edge of the ship, you see an orc head look over the rail, but he's looking the other direction than what you are, and you're able to finish your maneuver. He looks over the rail, and at the same time, a, a gull nearby lands on the deck and just goes near him, and he goes, Ugh, birds. <laughs> and uh, he starts making his way back to the crates. Okay. As you come around to this side, you do see that there is a little deck a little lower, almost like a view station down beneath you at the back of the ship. Okay. And you said the getting up into the like the sail and the sail supports would be like just a short leap away from the deck? It was just wh- however you wanted to deal with that situation. Okay. The sail's are going to get you up out of sight, but you're up in the sails. Below you now and to the side a little bit is a tiny little balcony with a door. I'm going to... Can I see from where I am if the door is open slash windowed? There is a window. The balcony is one of those balconies where it doesn't... It's going to be... You can't really stand on it. Yeah. It's designed to open the doors and stand outside, but there's no deck. It's yeah. just like a balcony over an opening. So you you clamber down and you see that there's a window in the door. Okay, I think I'm gonna drop down. Okay. And try to uh, I'm gonna drop down and try to land on that balcony. Okay. But try to crouch below the window. Okay, you drop down, you crouch. You got a good stealth check. We'll allow that. And you feel confident in your quietness. And as you're standing next to the door, unlike the ship you were on before, there's no sound. There's nothing coming from. It sounds quiet. You can hear the guys up top organizing crates, but that's all you hear. Okay. I'm going to try to peek through the Okay. You peek up. Go ahead and make an investigation check or perception. 16. 16. You look inside and you see a pretty nice bedroom um, cabin. You see a little work table slash map table, you know, for charts. Yeah. You see a cot in the corner that's bolted to the wall, and you see a wardrobe, and you probably see a framed picture of a female goblin uh, with yellow skin <laughs> and a also pirate outfit. <laughs> uh, and you get the vibe. This is Captain Scrick's quarters. Okay. Um, is there, like, another door to the deck, yeah. Oh, to the deck. There's two doors. Okay. The balcony and the deck door. And there's nobody else in here? Nope. Mm. Looks empty, and the door to the deck is closed. Okay. I turn the handle as a test to see if it creaks or anything. It doesn't creak, and it does seem unlocked. I tug it slightly. Okay, you go to open it, and you give it a push, because it's a push in. Okay. Go ahead and roll one more stealth check for me. Seven again. Seven. You go to push it open. It opens smoothly. It opens quietly. You feel really confident. And then I want you to react accordingly with a seven to all of a sudden, next to your face, a voice goes, well, what are we doing here, Kia? 
and Flibbit is suddenly <laughs> floating next to you. What do you think Kia would do in that moment? Two to seven, I think she'd... With Flibbit suddenly appearing. She'd let go of the handle, <laughs> turn around, and give, a, and give a little, like, cats sometimes, like, squeak, yeah. right? Yeah. I think she squeaks. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Flibbit suddenly appearing next to you. Uh, and you you make the squeak noise and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, what? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, oh, are we being stealthy? Yes, but please don't sing your song. I was trying to figure out why you were uh, sneaking on board the ship. And I'll tell you later, don't sing your song. And as you listen, you hear the familiar footsteps again of someone coming towards the captain's quarters. Like on the, uh, the, from like the, the door? From the deck. From the deck to the door. from Yeah, yeah, from the main door to the deck. Okay. Someone is coming your way. In the room, you have the wardrobe, the desk, the bed, the balcony. What do you want you and Flibbit to do? Uh, the bed is obvious. Hmm. Is there a space behind the wardrobe? Is there, there behind the wardrobe? Uh, I would say there's a space above the wardrobe. Hmm. But... Th- it's a boat, so the wardrobe's probably bolted into the wall. Or, like, below it, that would be big enough for a certain cat person. Um, not below it. I think just above. I'm trying to think of less obvious hiding spots than under a bed. I think I'm going to... Hmm. I'm going to close the door to the balcony. Okay. And I'm going to jump... Uh, on top of the wardrobe okay. and uh, hang my tail off of the other side. That's, I'm assuming, facing away from the door? Okay. And try to hunker down as low as possible. Okay. And try to what do you think Flibbit should do? I say, uh, Flibbit, float. Uh, can you float underneath the uh, underneath the balcony? Is that possible? Yep. And he, he will say, before you close the door, he goes right away and he ducks down in there and we will make <laughs> stealth checks. Flipit rolled as good as you can roll. I got a seven again. You got a seven again? I'm going to use the other dice because I feel like getting three sevens in a row is uh We will say, I'll say before this, Flibbit casts guidance on you, which is only a D4, but... So... 11. So you got it. Okay, 11. Okay. Here's what happens. You clamber up there. You hunker down low. You feel very confident in your stealthiness. You hear the jangling of keys outside. Jangle, jangle, jangle. Jangle some more. And suddenly the door cracks open and inside walks not one of the orcs, not one of the other guys, but Skrick himself. Skrick the goblin comes in to his room and he goes, ah, man, I'm tired of everybody not listening to me and I'm tired of uh, having to deal with all these fools. And he slams the door behind him behind him, and comes over, takes his hat off, hangs it on the hook and goes to open the wardrobe. He opens up the wardrobe and you're basically experiencing this, you know, through sound. You're, you're trying to stay as hidden as possible. Yeah, can I curl my tail up? Yeah, you curl your tail up. He starts taking off his jacket. I think at one moment he goes, Hey, what's this? And you have a panic attack. And then he goes, Somebody got a stain on my jacket. And he (laughs) hangs it up and he puts it in. And uh, he kind of gets ready and he goes over and looks at the chart on the table. He's facing away from you for the moment. And you notice that he lays out a chart across the table. And it's, a, it's got a pathway leading back up to Scarlet Hill, right? Yeah. And he's just mumbling to himself, and he's talking about stupid trade routes and uh, these, all these rummagers trying to keep stuff from Tsar Bloodhoof and the Bloodhounds and, and the good horde they found uh, here in town from raiding that, that shop and et cetera, et cetera. He starts just yakking about things. Can you make just another stealth check? But I'm going to give it to you with a low DC because he didn't notice you already. He had a low perception roll. Slightly better. 13. 13 beats his 12. Yes. I'll say after a little while, 
Something happens out on deck. He grabs his hat and coat again, and he storms out, leaving the doors open this time and leaving you to the room. Okay. Uh, I think I uh, sigh and uh, hop down from the wardrobe and motion, and uh, open the door to the balcony okay. and motion to Flibbit. Okay, Flibbit comes down. Hey, Gio, what are we trying to do here? This is a bloodhound ship. Okay. You think they got mod or something? Or yeah, or they uh or they're hiding something. Okay. Well, what's the play? Why do I f- suddenly feel like Flibbit has a Texas accent? I probably mixed him and Scrick up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I'm sorry, it's not my normal voice. That sounds like this. Yes. Okay, I got it. Uh um I I think I go over to the chart. Okay. I don't or I I close the balcony door, but I don't bother to close the um yeah. the room door in case you'll notice that it's closed. Okay. And I'll um and I go over to the chart and examine, examine it. it. Roll me an investigation check. Four. Four. You're not a sailor. Nope. You're nope. not even you've never even really been on a boat before. It's a you can tell that it's a chart and you can tell that there's markings on it. But they don't mean anything to you. Okay. I'm going to go over. And is there like a ch- chest? Is there like a... There is. As you're looking at the chart, you look down and you do see that the chart table has uh, uh, some drawers on the back side of it. I, like um, a desk. Yeah. I think I pull I pull open some of the drawers. And okay. I'm opening. I mean, I'm looking through them. Okay, so you look. So go ahead and make an investigation check. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, you start rummaging through quietly. You know, you open the first drawer. There's like some coins in there that you could take if you want. The second drawer down, there are books of varying things. Nothing very important. The third drawer down, you get to. You do see a file of paperwork, and you open it up and you look at it, and it's like trade routes and you notice you you kind of skim through that you get rid of it and then you get to this written piece of parchment and on this written piece of parchment is a list and at the top it says you know steria emberhaven horde crossed out the next thing down it says is um tia athon horde crossed out and it you start looking down the list and you see something some they're they're crossing out people on this list and there's it says hoard or it says stash or it says or cash or something like that right mm-hmm. and there's names crossed out and then you get down to Briarport and it says barrel grom hoard question mark it's not crossed out oh and then it says mod you know Whereabouts unknown, horde, question mark. And then there's a couple different things. And at the very bottom of that list with that 18, you see the name Theodora, you know, human. Whereabouts, you know, constantly moving with a star next to it Mm. and nothing else. So Uh, you recognize some of the names on here. I, I take it. Okay. I roll it up. Okay. Nice. Stick it in your pocket? Stick it in my pocket. Close the folder, put it back in, close all the drawers. Uh, leave leave the leave the doors open, and I... Um, would I be able to make a jump to the dock or this other ship from the balcony? You would either go back the way you came or down to the dock where there are potentially people loading things onto this ship. Um, back the way you came was a little bit safer in terms of no one was really there. But it does mean you have to go try to make that jump again. I think uh, she sighs, closes the balcony door behind her, and says, Flibbit, we have some investigating to do. Okay. And I try to jump up to the ship. To the one you came from? Yeah. Okay. To try to uh, try to go back the same way. Yeah, okay. So you clamber back around. Can you make an acrobatics check? This one's a little bit more difficult. Uh, you're jumping, and Flibbit will give you his classic one-per-episode help action because he levitates, and he could lift you up a little bit. Thank you. 
for that, I got the lowest that I could possibly go, and that helped me so much. Acrobatics? Yeah. 18. 18. Versus a 6. I think you go and you, you slip a little bit, you know, the help action coming through. You go to make that leap, and it's kind of awkward because you're having to do it from hanging on a rail. Yeah. You know, to leap back across. You leap, and you feel like you're not going to make it, and Flibbit wraps one of his tentacle arms around you, and Levitate carries you the last little way. And he goes, Thank I you. got you, I got you, okay. Thank you. And you are able to make your way back down. We won't need to do any more stealth checks or anything like that. You're able to make your way back to the dock and make your way back up into town. You have this piece of paper in your pocket, and you start making your way back up into Main Street. Mm-hmm. Huge bustle of people. Uh, you see the sign for the Hawkbeak Inn Tavern. It's probably midday, you know, something like that. Yeah. You see the city park in the distance, and then you also see a store nearby. You see two stores, actually. The first store you see is, uh, it says, Greta's Gear, okay? Okay. And Greta's Gear, and there's an image of a scraper painted on there, too. (laughs) And you get the vibe like, oh, this is probably a Passworld tech shop, right? Yeah. Seems like this is where people would go to get their gear in town. However, it is burnt down. Burnt? The, the shop. Oh. And you are seeing the burnt husk of this shop. I pull out the paper. Okay. And look at it. You look at it, and the most recent one crossed off in Briarport says Greta Dwarf Horde line crossed out. I look up, look at the paper, look up, look at the paper, do a classic movie double take. Okay. And I roll it back up, put it in my pocket, and say, Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think down the street a little bit away, you see a store that's very kind of not interesting looking, mm-hmm. very normal, bl- basic, kind of cheaply put together with a sign that's just painted hastily that says goods enough. <laughs> and this is like a, a general goods store. I think uh, I... Think I Look at uh, goods enough. Goods enough. Wow. Yeah, it's not just goods. As you get closer, there's a little subtitle underneath that says, they're not just goods, they're goods enough. (laughs) 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 I think I'd chuckle with that and say, wow, very uh, (laughs) creative and go inside. Okay, you go inside and you are treated to the most bland (laughs) store you could think of. The floor, just wood. The shelves, organized and stocked, but really spread out. There's there's not a ton in here. Yeah. There's some ropes on the wall. There's some tools and stuff. And there's just a counter with a couple people working behind it. And for whatever reason, you don't get the vibe of like, oh, these like cute little local shops that you're used to. You know, Gunther's, Past World Plunders, and Callie's Shop, and all this stuff where it's like, oh, it's these people running it, right? Yeah. And there's this guy... Uh, a shaggy-haired dwarf, younger man, sitting at the counter, reading a book and sipping on a mug of something. And he sees you approach and he goes, Oh, hey, I'm Carl. You want? You need some goods? He really does sound like a Carl. Yeah, he's a Carl. <laughs> uh, I say, um, yeah, uh, what, what you got? <laughs> oh, we got... Yeah, I don't really know. I just work here, uh, man. And uh, look, uh, if you want stuff, I can check you out. But it, my name's Carl. <laughs> I don't know if I said that. <laughs> you, yes, you did. Okay. And do you got you got a punch card? No. Do you want a Do you want a punch card? What's What do you mean? Oh man, have you not been to a Goods Enough before? No. <laughs> okay. Well, we're a chain. We're popping up all over. And, uh, look, if you buy enough stuff, you get a free potion after 10 purchases. Um, okay, sure, yeah. And he, he pulls out this punch card and he goes, he says, like, signed by Carl, uh, no purchase yet. And it's got 10 little punch cards in it. And he hands it to you and he goes, here you go. Welcome to Goods Enough. It's not just goods. They're, they're goods enough. I, uh... I'm Carl. <laughs> Yes, you, uh, you you said that already. 
Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and he starts showing you around. He starts showing you some of the gear they have. And for the most part, they have kind of normal, like I said, adventuring stuff. I think, uh, and, you know, to metagame a little bit. <laughs> what? What, Carl? <laughs> <laughs> it's spelled with a K, so it's fantasy. Oh, okay. Fantasy, Carl. <laughs> uh, to metagame a little bit, we already picked some shopping items for Kia. And so the two things that catch your eye, we had talked about before, is you go and you look along this wall of just kind of tools. You see rope, you see poles, you see shovels and axes and hammers and nails and things like that. And then the one thing that catches your eye is there's a pole with a little hook on the end of it. I pointed it and say, uh, what's that? Carl goes, oh, yeah, that's a bow hook. Which is? You're not a sailor? Nope. Okay. I, I well, don't Well, Carl's known to, uh, to do a little bit of sailing himself. That's me. I'm Carl. And he <laughs> grabs the hook off the wall and he goes, well, normally these are used for like uh, grabbing lines and uh, hooking stuff. And uh, it, it's used for like docking and, and everything. But check this out. And he twists it open and you can see that this tiny little two foot pole extends to a 10 foot pole with a little metal hook on the end. Oh, I say. really good for snagging stuff, grabbing things, that kind of thing. I say, um, wow, um, uh, how much does it cost? That's about, uh, and he looks at the price tag, he's like, that's about eight gold. Okay, yeah, I'd, I'd grab it. Okay, so he I, uh, I'm not it. much of a sailor, but, yeah. No, but it, see, you can see the usefulness of something like yeah. that. So you basically have a 10-foot extending pole boat hook thing. Okay. And it costs 10 gold. And then... The other thing is you're starting to go through, you know, there's there's weapons occasionally and stuff like that, but nothing interesting. And then there's this wall that you see up near the counter as you're approaching, and it says, Wall of Oddities. And there's just a glass case on a wall with just weird stuff in it. <laughs> there's like little figurines. There's little marble sets. There's weird sewing kits. There's shoes of varying types and, shoes? and then finally an your eyes catch on to a little ball of yarn <laughs> <laughs> i think she uh her ears flick back a little bit uh, like flick excitedly a little bit and she's like um uh is that ball of yarn in, in an oddities case yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no that was pretty cool uh check this out and he grabs a key and he opens up the glass case and he takes the ball of yarn holds the ball of yarn and he hands you the thread and he says go ahead and pull it I pull it yeah I keep going um <laughs> okay what is happening and so as you start pulling 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 the yarn ball never gets smaller it's it's never ending it's never ending ball of yarn ah. and then he goes and he squeezes the ball of yarn three times squeeze 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 and all of that stuff that's in your hand coils back up oh i i let go and say wow uh that's a very interesting ball of yarn yeah uh, it's pretty cool we get a couple of these oddities when uh when the main branch uh, sends them down to us we uh we get some cool stuff sometimes uh how how much oh uh, this one and he looks at the price tag he's like this one's 20 gold Okay. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. That sounds interesting. So you want the bow hook and the uh, portable yarn? I mean, uh, never-ending yarn? Y yeah. Okay, cool. I'll ring you up over here. And he takes you to the counter, and there's some other people in there doing stuff. As you go to pay and you put your gold on the counter, he reaches down under the counter, and he grabs his book, and he flips it down onto the countertop. Mm -hmm. He opens it up. And inside is the logo of Goods Enough. You know, they're not just goods, they're Goods Enough. Yeah. And as he opens it up and starts flipping through, like, the sales things, as he's writing down the sales ticket and what you bought and how much gold it was, he's going to give you a receipt. Mm -hmm. And he hands you this paper receipt. You look at it, and on the receipt it says, not just goods, Goods Enough. And you're looking at all the things, and it says, you know, uh, 30 total gold or, or 28 total gold for boat hook and never-ending ball of yarn. Uh salesperson was Carl, and then at the very, very bottom corner, it says a Bloodhound Corporation. I point at the uh, Bloodhound Corporation and say, 
Um, your main branch is in Scarlet Hill? Yeah, yeah. That's where they started doing these. Uh, pretty recently, yeah. We're just pretty kind of a new startup, but we're, we get stock from them and we sell it all over elsewhere. Do you um, know where they come from? All these items? They come from the main branch, man. I mean, do you know where the... <laughs> no. No, I just work here. I just Carl. <laughs> I'm going to make an inside check on Carl. Okay, go ahead. Because he's like kind of suspicious <laughs> saying that I'm just Carl. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. He's going to make a posed deception check. That is bad. Um, <laughs> seven. I got a six. <laughs> it's just Carl. He's about as dense as you could get. Okay. He just works here, man. <laughs> uh, okay. And he hands you the receipt, and he says, all right, well, hey, have a good enough day. Okay, <laughs> and I back out. <laughs> and you back out, and uh, the smell of charred local shop nearby and the weird sensation of having to deal with the corporate world of Carl and goods enough <laughs> in the back of your mind. So it's shabbily put together and it's right next to the burned one? It's not that it's like shabbily put together. It's like quickly and cheaply put together. But it looks nice. Is it next to the... Uh... It's it's down the, a couple streets down, but it's on the same street. Okay. Yep. And Carl, <laughs> Carl the BBEG of this campaign. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is where we're going to end our session for now. Carl. Carl. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so that was our uh, infiltration slash corporate uh, chain chain grocery store episode. Yeah. We're going to call the episode, I don't know. Carl's. Carl's awesome. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, uh, the <laughs> Carl, Carl no. <laughs> uh, uh, shopping and infiltration. There you go. I like it. Um, all right. Thanks for listening to Dadventurous. Dadventurous. Uh, <laughs> kind of, as we've started to learn, podcasts kind of, you know, succeed based on whether or not people like it. So if you guys are enjoying the show, leave us a like. And leave us a review, too. Leave us a review. Give us a rating on wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on social media. And hopefully you guys are enjoying the show. We're going to continue next time with Kia dealing with more in Briarport. And the list. Thank you all for joining. Uh, I was the daughter, the player, the infiltrator and shopper <laughs> uh, known as the Kia. still wearing ski goggles on your <laughs> forehead. <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> and I was the dad. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time. On Dadventurous. Dad